You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, hey, listen, I was on board with you there. Even though it cost me the third the third, uh, third leg of a three-team parlay that game with the uh, Cowboys losing, I was on board with you there because I uh, kept my Eagles tied for first place, which means next Sunday night, Eagles-Dallas for first place NFC East. That's a big game. I know. I was excited just to get a win in the win, win column. And, uh, man, Jets Twitter has been crazy today. Man, people are talking about Jets winning out and all kinds of crazy-ass shit. So I was just excited to see a, a competent football team take the freaking field after three weeks of just nonsense. I, I feel like if they didn't put on at least a decent performance, the, the whole fan base was going to throw himself, throw ourselves out the window, including myself. So, man, I'm glad I could help you guys. It was nice to get a Sam back. Our quarterback with mono is better than the Cowboys quarterback without mono. So, you know, we're real excited about that, man. What's going on with you? Yeah, in terms of football, yesterday was a complete drudgery for me uh, with the Eagles and the way they performed and uh, gambling purposes, no good either. But uh, no, other than that, same old man, things are good. Uh, you know, glad, glad to be back with the people. You know, enjoyed our episode last week with the college bowling preview. You know, makes me think. Uh, makes me think that you know, back back to a yesteryear, Rob. You know, when we would have been getting ready to gear up for the college season. So definitely had me nostalgic listening to that, and uh, had a good week bowling. Uh, got some bowling events coming up over the over the next month or so. Local stuff that I'm going to be uh, bowling. So I've been practicing a little bit and uh, getting things together. So uh, yeah, all, all is well, man. All all, all good, and uh, glad to be back with the people. But uh, Rob. We got to start off this week with some bad news for the people, Rob. I know some some bad news, but you know what? It could be good for us, but it's still bad. I don't know if that makes any sense, but so uh, just to just to catch the people up, uh, a few weeks back when Bolero purchased the PBH, uh, we on Twitter. You know, they're, they're, the new CEO of the PBA Tour, Coley Edison, did a few interviews. And the first interview she did was with GM Mark Manzone from Bowler's Journal. Shout to GM Mark Manzone and Bowler's Journal. But I got to be honest, that, that interview sounded like uh, she might have wrote the, the questions for him. So that interview came out. Then she did an interview with a business uh, website or channel called Cheddar, I believe was the name of it. And that came out. Got to say, if you watch both, the interviews were very similar. Answers were very similar. Questions were very similar. I found that interesting. So, you know, Rob, me being me, I went on Twitter and opened my mouth on Twitter. And I tagged her on Twitter and said, you know, hey, how many, how many different interviews am I going to have to listen to before Coley Edison comes on the, the real news source for bowling in the bowling world, which is right here, Rob, sweep the rack. You know, we're we're the we're the uh, the podcast that covers bowling in a real way. We're the podcast that the fan the real fans of bowling listen to. We're also the podcast that the industry people listen to, right, Rob? I mean, we know this, yes. Yeah, because we're not afraid to 
freaking say what we're, we're, we're supposed to say. I mean, not supposed to say, but we want to say and what the people are thinking. Like, honestly, yeah, and, like, and we listen, are again, we say it a lot on this show, but, you know, I'm not I'm not talking shit. You know, this is th- these are things that we're aware of. You know, the people in the bowling industry listen to this podcast. We know that. And, and we know why. And you're right, Rob. It's because we speak honestly and we, and, and we generally speak about the things that people want to hear. So I went on Twitter and I said, when, when are you going to come on Sweep the Rack? In short, Rob, you came in, responded to my tweet with, she don't want it, with a meme of some smoke in the air. Rob, very creative. Give you, you, know, you, were, on, you were on the ringing 10 level there. Okay. So to our great surprise, Colson came back on within, within an hour, I think, told the game and everywhere. So over the last few weeks, Rob, we went out and we had an email conversation going back and forth. But in that same time, as people know at this point, a couple of podcasts while we were with Flow Bowling edited and were not released. So we decided to leave Flow. So in the process of, of that happening, we had these conversations going on about trying to get the new CEO to come on our show. Again, the real the real podcast in the bowling world, in the bowling community. And, Rob, we had to be honest, right? We weren't trying to pull a fast one. So in our last communication with them, we let them know that we had left Flow Bowling and that we were an independent podcast again. We did give them an idea of what we wanted to talk about and some of the topics that we wanted to get into. And yeah, basically, Rob, we were told that the interview was not going to be able to be accommodated anymore at this time. And we'd have to check back in the, in the, in the near future, I guess, which is something that honestly, you and I probably aren't going to do. You know, I, uh, most of the time, if we don't get people on our first shot or so, we, we kind of move forward because we just don't have the time for it, working full-time jobs, et cetera. You know, this is kind of a hobby to us. Um, you know, we're not over here putting hours upon hours into crafting these episodes for people. We kind of just hop on and do our thing. So I'm disappointed to tell the people, Rob, you know, much like Funkmaster Flex, we like to give the people what they want. And I'm just disappointed to have to share with the people that in terms of giving them this, we're probably not going to be able to make it happen. And yeah, it just concerns me a little bit, Rob, about where, where we stand in, in, uh, with the powers that be in the bowling world. You know, it kind of concerns me a little bit, but, you know, we'll see how things proceed. I hope that there's no bad blood there. And I think the, uh, the, the invitation is an open invitation. No, Rob? Oh, Mike, my first tweet, was I not right? In no, retrospect, I mean, it looks like you're right. You know? She didn't want the smoke, Mike. She didn't. And and look, like you might no, be a little she wanted bit. It. Hold on, hold on. She wanted it if she could edit the podcast afterwards and only release yeah. what she wanted. But no, if that well, wasn't the deal, doesn't seem I'll like it even, was one. Mike, I'll be more transparent. We wanted to ask her about the interview in 2011. We wanted to ask her about her previous reality show uh, experience. We wanted to ask her a bunch of questions that a lot of the people out there are wondering. What are their plans going forward after 2020? They haven't asked about anybody. Nobody's asked that. Jeff Riggles um, even said, like, these are like softball, 40-mile-an-hour, right over the heart of the plate questions that she's been getting with all of her media. Now, someone else brought up a point to me. And it was actually, I think it was my oldest brother, Jeff, who's a, a daily listener, that what, what, what does she have to gain out of coming on our show? Like, what does Bolero have to gain out of coming on our show? 
I mean, they don't really have any loyalty to the fans or the people. They don't. They're a company, and they're after the the, the bottom dollar. That's all. That's what it is. I mean, and, and it makes sense. I understand where they're coming from in a corporate sense, but Mike, she didn't want to smoke, Mike. She didn't want to come on and have to answer the hard questions, and it does concern me. And to your point about where the bowling powers, where we stand with the bowling powers that be, honestly, I, I don't give a fuck. How does that sound, Mike? I don't give a fuck where I stand with the bowling powers that be. I say it how it is. If they want to like it, then like it. If they don't, then don't. I don't care. I'm, I'm respectful. We're respectful. We don't do it in a, a, a trashy way. We do it in a, in, in, a, in a professional. We try to do, and have fun with it, but I don't care, Mike. Like, you know what? If she didn't want to come on, whatever. I, I, I'm over it, you know? I've been, I've been ghosted by other girls. I'll get over this one. Yeah, I, no, I understand what you're saying. But at the same time, you know, I think that what we do here and, and the, the listeners, the fans that enjoy what we do, um, you know, yeah, we, it, it takes a certain, a certain level of cooperation on the part of the other entities to, to kind of make it work. You know, so I definitely don't want to see things go down a negative road in that sense. But, uh, yeah, I, I also agree with you in the set in, in, on the idea that, you know, if you really do want to talk to the bowling community in a real way, this is, this is probably your best outlet for that. Um, you know, the, the bowling community is not corporate. You know, that's, that, that's definitely not how I view the bowling community. You know, it's not how I view the PBA tour. It's not how I view bowling in general. Uh, I think, you know, there's, there's more of a, more of a, a, a I, I want to say a trustworthy approach in the bowling community. Um, you know, it's obviously a smaller community. So yeah, I think that it's not hard to reach the people you want to reach, but, uh, you know, so we'll see where it goes and, uh, we'll still be doing our thing over here, Rob. I know, you know, we still have plans to attend some, some PBA events in the near future and, and uh, do some things with Rob. I'll also say there's another uh, prominent, uh, I don't want to say too much, there's another prominent person in the PBA who, you know, in the last few months hasn't returned an email or two from us, Rob. And I, you, you know that I'm, you know, again, I'm not making that up. So, mm-hmm. you know, with that said, uh, yeah, I'm just interested to see where things go and, uh, you know, how, how things develop from here. But, you know, we're here to cover the action we're here to cover things from an honest perspective and uh you know we told people when we started this podcast that we're here to you know show a a little bit of a different side of bowling show some of the characters in bowling and you know we're going to continue to do that you know regardless of who wants to join us or who doesn't so uh, that's what we have to say about that go ahead rob you can wrap it up yeah you know uh, to, to to that point mike i know exactly what you're talking about when it comes to some prominent people in the bowling industry not returning our phone calls or, or, or whatnot. You know, some people honestly just need to get a, a thicker skin, honestly. Like, we, we did what we did, and, and we're media. We're, technically, we're, we're, we're some sort of media out there, a media outlet, and we just ask the questions. And you know what? Sometimes the answers are sometimes people don't want to hear those answers. And you know what? If, if that's our fault, then blame us, but Hey, it is what it is, Mike. I'm 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 past that too. I'm I just I I'm I'm more concerned with the people think. I'm a people. This is for the people, Mike. This isn't for the industry. This isn't for the companies. This isn't for 
the big corporations. This isn't for the businesses. We're not trying to make a million dollars off this podcast. We're, we're, we're trying to talk for the people, and that's where my, my main concern is. Preach, brother. Preach. I'm on fire today because the Jets win, baby. I'm on fire right now. Let's go. Let's Dude. get this podcast rolling. All right. So let's keep it rolling. Uh, Rob, a lot of bowling news since, uh, you know, we, we, we last touched on some of the, the uh, PBA high-level bowling news. You know, last week we kind of veered off on a different path to talk some college bowling. Shout to our boy Alex Sorge. And uh, this week we're back talking, you know, PBA mainly. And uh, a lot of bowling news, Rob. So, so let's review some things. Uh, Kyle Sherman, shout to him. He, he won the La Raza tournament, which I believe is down in South America. And uh, saw on Twitter recently that, that he captured uh, that title. So big shout to him on that one. Uh, Rob, yes for Svensson, uh, while we were gone and catching up on college bowling, he actually won the Thailand Open, uh, another overseas event. Uh, A.J. Johnson with a big win in the Sam Ho cup in Korea. And uh, he beat a recent guest of ours, Rob. Usually it goes the other way. When you're a recent guest on the show, you, you do real well, but he beat a recent guest of ours, uh, Chris Barnes, who unfortunately uh, I believe opened uh, late in the game, uh, missed a spare that allowed AJ to, uh, to take that title. Man, I was happy for AJ, dude. He, after the interview we had with him, I, I don't know him that well. I really don't. Uh, and after that interview with him, I, I really kind of gained to start liking him and and want to see him succeed. And, man, what a big win that is. Uh, the confidence that he's rolling right now, dude, with a guy that bowls like he does with his power and his style, uh, the scariest thing that could happen to a guy like that is to gain confidence. And I'm talking like the killer mode, serial killer mode confidence where he's going to walk in and he's bowling eyes now. And if he gets to that point where he's thinks he, he can't lose, yo, my man's going to win a lot of titles. Yeah, no question. And, uh, you know, to, to beat somebody of the stature of Barnes, you know, definitely I would believe adds to that feeling of confidence. So yeah, big shout to him, man. Had a little interaction with on, on Twitter with him after the event. I, I asked him if he was going to uh, rock the Blackhawk suit, shirtless, of course, uh, out in Korea for a celebration. But he said that he would uh, he would wait until he got back to Chicago to do that. So I hope he got the opportunity to do that. I hope the trophy was of some nature that he was able to pour something in it and drink out of it. I would imagine that would probably be a pretty good time, especially rocking the Blackhawks uh, jersey or uh, sorry, jersey. Oh, my God, not a jersey. That's disrespect. The suit, uh, Blackhawks suit with no shirt on. So big shout to him. And uh, Rob, another event that we you know haven't covered yet was a few weeks back, you know, definitely relates to uh, our episode tonight since he's our boy and we're going to have him on. Uh, but uh, Bill O'Neill wins the uh, ATX, the Flow Bowling ATX, the Invitational Tournament that they had down there, uh, in in pretty much dominating fashion. Mm. Yeah, dude, that show that he that he was on, he just couldn't lose. I mean, he had such a great look; he really did. Dude, my man, I don't know. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. Dude, he's he's so good when he has it and when he's on, and he's having the best year of his career. And I can't wait to hear about it and ask him 
about well, why this year is so different than the previous years. So we'll, we'll get to that. But, hey, let me go back real quick. I'm curious, Mike, about uh, AJ and, and you're talking about celebrating in Korea. Yo, you think – how do you think the Korean, like, women, like – you think he went out? I mean, you think there was like six girls around him, you know, like Fast and the Furious, you know, Tokyo Drift. You think they, they went out after and they're like, boom. Oh, man. Like, I, I'm just trying to think of this like scene at this nightclub with, with AJ and a Blackhawks blazer with, with no shirts, you know, drinking straight from the bottle and just parting it up with the Korean women. And so I'm just trying to figure out like what that scene was like. Yeah, not exactly what I'm envisioning. But <laughs> I got this whole big extravagant uh, party going on after his uh, after his win, and I, I don't want to hear that he did it. Like that's how I'm picturing it. That's how it went, and I, I don't want anybody to say otherwise. All right, it's fine. I'm not going to argue with you on that. <laughs> uh, something I noticed, Rob, uh, that caught my eye, you know, over the last week or so, and. You know, I'm going to criticize here. People are probably going to knock me a little bit for what I'm going to say. But listen, you know, these I notice things. I'm just putting it out there. Uh, Fox, Rob, you know, big news last year. PBA signs with Fox. I think we've all been, you know, impressed with what Fox has done, you know, for the PBA with the PBA, presenting the product of the PBA thus far and uh, and how they've done that. Uh, but, Rob, recently Fox has also acquired – parts of the WWE. You know more about this than I do because you're you're into this nonsense fake wrestling. So give the give the people a breakdown of like what's going you know what's going on with Fox and the WWE. Dude, Fox acquired the WWE for over a billion dollars. And it's actually their their normal flagship show was in Raw Monday nights and they actually turning into SmackDown, which is a normally a second-tier show to Raw, and they moved it to Friday nights, and it's a two-hour show, and it's live, and it's going to be their premier flagship show. So they acquired it for, I believe it was over a billion dollars, and uh, that's why you're seeing so much commercials and so much advertisement put behind it because of all the money they spend buying the, the WWE. Okay, so so Fox now owns the WWE, or they just own the rights to broadcast it? They own the rights to broadcast. Nobody's buying okay. that from Vince McMahon. Yeah, he ain't selling okay, that. Right, right. And, and, and that the rights to broadcast that were a billion dollars. Yeah, over a billion dollars. Yep, you can look that's, it up. That's insane. That's insane. I want to know what the broadcast rights are for the PBA. What are the broadcast rights of the PBA? Somebody find that out for me. So, somebody, somebody DM us, text us. Somebody give us that info. Nonetheless, right, Rob, you mentioned what I want to talk about. I mean, God, all the ads, man. And like all the crossover advertising they've been doing, they've been having WWE wrestlers on NFL stuff and NFL people on WWE. And I saw Rob Stone on some WWE stuff because he does soccer for them and bowling for them. And I'm just like, here's what I thought. You know, can bowling get some of that love, you know? Can bowling well, just I mean, can you can we can we get can we get Bill O'Neill and Jason Belmonte in, in on an NFL show on a Sunday to talk a little bowling, introduce people to bowling a little bit? How about that? Come Yo, on. But I mean, wrestling ain't even a real sport. Yeah, it ain't but, even but real. It's scripted. They got to be able to cut promos, you know man. Yo, Bill, Belmo, Bill, you know, I think his closest that you could maybe put on Fox would probably be Pete Weber, which, by the way, is a big fan of the WWE. Uh, but these guys, man, they got to learn. They got It's entertainment. That's what, where he changed the F from a knee, Mike. 
world wrestling entertainment. Everyone knows it's fake. Everybody knows it's scripted, but it's still entertaining. Why? Because Vince knew how to turn a, a wrestling, a product that wasn't so interesting. And he crossed it over with drama, sex, comedy, and he throws all it all right, into all right, a enough, I'm not, I'm not turning this Bowen podcast into a diatribe on this fake nonsense wrestling. I will, I will counter your nonsense by saying, watch the South Park episode on the WWE. It'll, it'll give you my point precisely. So just check that out if you want my side of the argument. But no, Rob, just real shortly, here's what I'm saying. Let's give bowling some of that love. You know, you're going to give that love to wrestling. I get it. It's more money, et cetera. But come on, give a little piece of that love to bowling too. You know, that would be nice to see. Uh, Rob, bowling's coming back for a little, a little, a little bit here. Right, we've been deprived with the bowling a bit, especially in America. Uh, it's coming back. U.S. Open is around the corner. Uh, some of the storylines. Weber says he's back. Rob, he came out and announced he's back, and he wants he wants this title again. Uh, Belmo has never won this title. Uh, very interesting to me. I actually went out on Twitter and said this week that I do think he's going to win this year uh, because you know I just think that with great players, there's only so long before you can, you know, keep them out and lock them out. They're going to figure it out eventually. And I, I feel like this might be his year. I caught a lot of flack, caught a lot of flack from Stu Williams and Lucas Wiseman used to be my boy. And now he's giving me shit. Uh, yeah. So it's fine. You know, look, I think the favorite is Buttriff. Okay. Chris Barnes backed me up on that on Twitter. You know, PJ Haggerty came in with his odds, which were whacked out. We're still going to have him on. But he's got to get he's got to get his odds together, okay. But I didn't pick Butcherf. I think Butcherf's the clear favorite. You know, Belmo ha- has you know, only made the show a couple times at the U.S. Open. You know, I really don't think it's that much of a lock to pick him. I don't think he would be that big of a favorite against the field. Uh, if you, if I were really betting on it, I would take the field over Belmo, no question. Uh, I think that that's an easy bet. And yeah, but I do feel like this might be his year. I mean, he, he seems like he has been on a mission this year. Uh, you know, he's already won a couple majors this year. This is the one that he's never been able to get. Um, you know, and I, I just could see him getting it done. Uh, so the other storyline, I guess then Rob would be can Buttriff repeat, but get, what, what are your thoughts? Pick anything you want there. <clears throat> I, all, all I could think about was diverse. You're talking about Lucas. You used to be my homie, but that you don't even know me. Right? Is that... <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, these are all like pretty obvious choices. Uh, Belmo, Buttriff. Uh, I think Pete Weber being back. I guess my question would be like, where did he go? <laughs> like, I want to know where he went. Like, no, well, uh, okay. To remind, like, he had a meltdown at the U.S. Open last year. I think it was mm-hmm. where because of like the limited practice or the where they practiced on one set of lanes and then bowled on another. I think he withdrew from the tournament almost in protest over it. Hmm. And, uh, yeah. I kind of think that's what he was referring to. Yeah. Hopefully he can get his head straight, you know, because bowling is better with Pete Weber in general. He's just better with Pete Weber on, on a show and especially us open. Uh, I think Pete, you know, if he has his head straight and physically he's, he's feeling good. I, I feel like Pete could, you know, do something like Norm did this previous year and, and, and sneak onto his show and, and, and run and run it as a tournament like the U S open and the masters of the shows that they're going to be able to do it. Uh, 
but you know, I'm, I'm going to be a complete homer here. And uh, Bill is having the best year of his career. He's already won a U.S. Open. I mean, how, how, how does two-time U.S. Open champion sound? I, I kind of, I, I kind of going to be a homer on this one and say Bill's got to be a, a, an odds-on favorite as well to uh, win and make a show. So uh, I can't wait to get PJ on, and we got to try to get him on next week. Our, our resident odds expert, P, PJ Haggerty. I feel like we need to have some kind of like odds show where we, we talk odds. So I feel like PJ is the man to do it and talk to him about his, uh, his uh, patent reverse trap bet. And hopefully we don't fall into it. So, you know, we'll see, but yeah, I love us open. I think us open live television show is the best bowling live telecast in the, in the sport of bowling. Yeah. Cause they're so tough. You know, the, the pressure yeah. just affects everything. So yeah, I'm I'm hyped for it too. You know, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. But yeah, next week you can uh, definitely expect a little U.S. Open preview from from us. Uh, we might have a little surprise for the people there too, Rob. We're working on it. We're working on a big surprise for the people. Uh, I'm just gonna say bringing in somebody who's already been on the show, but we are trying to bring them back in a regular role to uh, come on and discuss some of the ins and outs of uh, of these various events. So. We'll leave it at that for now. Hopefully that works out, but we're working on that for the people as well. Uh, all right, so, Rob, you, you brought him up. You, you want to give him a call? We wanted to talk to our boy about uh, winning another title that doesn't count as a title. <laughs> sure. Uh, let's bring him on. All right, so we welcome him back on to the show, Rob, for like the, the fifth or sixth time, I think. But, you know, if, if he keeps on winning, we're just going to have to keep bringing him on because it's an easy get for us, as we always say. So, uh, Bill, homie, what up, man? What's up, guys? Uh, you know, I'm, I don't mind coming on, uh, you know, when I'm not a, just a fill-in guest, when I actually have won something. So that's, uh, you know, I'll do that anytime. Perfect. Let's talk about some serious stuff first, though. Uh, you you inked the deal on your pool. <laughs> yeah, I, this is uh, for some. Yeah, this is like a big topic. Like it seems that like people people ask me about it, and we we mentioned it a few times. Uh, I think on here, and then maybe. Uh, uh, I don't know if I mentioned online or something, but yeah, I mean, I get asked about it a decent amount, but yes, I did. I didn't know that me getting a pool, uh, was such a, uh, a big story, but yes, yes, I did. And, uh, you know, hopefully by next summer we'll be, we'll be, uh, we'll be good to go. And, uh, all right, we're, we're going to yeah. get to that. Describe what we're, what we're getting here. Just your 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 basic uh, in ground pool. Uh, you know, I'm gonna have a little a little hot tub action because uh, mm, I'm, nice. I'm old and I need the I need the the you know the heated uh, jets. Yes, but hot tub connected you know, to the little... pool or separate from the pool? No, 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 connected, connected. Okay, okay, all right. I'm just trying to vision. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You know, just because you got to have a place for the for the kids to jump around, and then I got to get a place for my you know a little place for. You know the adults just to sit around and and you know pretend that we're watching the children. Pavers, <laughs> pavers tied into the pavers you already have, I would imagine. Uh, sort of. We you know we got some other things going on here with our our township that you know is pretty boring for the podcast, but uh, yeah, sort of. Okay. We don't have all that full, wow. fully done yet, but yeah, I got a pool. They'll have some. It'll be they'll have some be uh there'll be some water in it, uh, with some salt. <laughs> In it and um, oh, you went yeah, with the maybe, salt. Uh, oh, very nice. That's yeah. more expensive option. Du- duly noted, sir. 
Yeah, a, a little bit, a little bit. Okay, you, all right. Mike, so... you, Mike, you, you, you know me. I can't be responsible for putting chlorine tabs in a pool weekly. Like, oh. it, it, it just wouldn't happen. No, not at all. Uh, he pays someone to cut his grass, for Christ's sake. I mean, come on. So Yeah, uh, it's another expense. I have to have a pay, pay a neighbor to come in and drop chlorine tabs. And... Well, see, you ask. You ask why we want to hear about this, but this is why. I mean, honestly, I think people would rather hear about the lifestyles of professional bowlers than professional bowling, really. It's kind of mm. sad to say, but it's, it might be true. All right, so here's my next question, okay? The pool is going to be done, I'm assuming, like beginning of the summer or something like that. Uh, third weekend in July, right? I already put it out there on Twitter. Third weekend in July, pop and pool party, 40th birthday party for me at Bill's crib. All right. So yeah, put it out. There uh, now. Yeah. That's, I, I, I'm in for that. The only thing though, is that you, uh, you said, I want to have my surprise 40th party at your house at your pool, which is strange that someone, uh, is a inviting themselves to ha- have a party at someone else's house, and b it's also not a surprise if you announce the party for yourself. Well, I mean, I'll just act like I'm surprised. It's never really oh, a surprise. All right, all right. Yeah. And I'll, I'll probably be, I'll either be surprised by some of the people that show up, or I'll be surprised by how little people show up. So either way, I'll be surprised. No, I'm just, I'm gonna. The surprise is I'm just gonna invite everyone that hates you. <laughs> Perfect. Well, you know me. I don't. I wouldn't mind that. I love a good confrontation. So that that yeah, there'll be like 150 be, people there. Yeah, so. I'll be there. more than that. More than that, sir. All I'll right. have to get a cater. So, <laughs> I'll Meek Mill. Yo, word on the street yeah, is Rob, Meek Mill is going to be there too. Rob wants you to hire Meek Mill to perform, but he's going to talk to you about that off the air. So you know, okay. you you guys, you guys that out. Maybe if you win the U.S. Open, we can make that happen. Uh, so you injured yourself getting off the plane, homie. I mean, this is like an official sign that you're like old at this point. But tell tell us what happened. Uh, yeah. So well, the, the the gray hair beat me to, you know, the, the old age thing before before the back thing. But yeah, I mean, there's the the signs are all over the place. I was uh, I, so I've I've hurt my back in this place before in uh, before, but you know, it was doing things that are a little more expected that you would be doing when you hurt your back. I was like lifting weights, I was deadlifting or squatting and I just get like out of form or something and strain a muscle in my lower back. And, um, so I'd felt this before was, this wasn't like a new, a new thing. Uh, but how I did it this time was very new. I was, I, uh, because of the timing of the, uh, of the flow bowling event, uh, and you know, we didn't know we were, you know, we'd be qualifying for it or not. I had already booked my trip to go to Thailand. So I had to fly to Austin, then fly back to Newark to catch my flight to to Thailand. So it was pretty hectic. So I was getting a a shuttle bus to the, to Newark Airport, and just getting off the bus, and my my triple rollers were on the floor of the, the shuttle bus, and I went to go bend over to pick my bag up, and I barely got the bag off of the ground, like maybe a couple inches, and I'm like, oh, no, that's not good. So my, I just like seized up, like my whole lower back just locked up, and uh, yeah, then I had to get on a plane to Thailand, so I was traveling for like 30 hours, uh, which always feels great when your back is spasming. Oh. Um, and then I, you know, but I couldn't get it, uh, I couldn't get it loose enough while I was in Thailand. I was, you know, stretching it and and icing it and heating it and trying to do all these things and. 
to to try to get it ready to to bowl. But with that with that format being the way that it is, you have to bowl kind of a bunch of squads. And by the time I felt okay, there was only one day of qualifying left, and I just didn't feel like I could bowl you know twelve to fifteen games that day. So I had to sit that event out and uh, get ready for the next one in Korea, which I was able to bowl and and it bowled great, but I didn't bowl terrible, so it wasn't a totally totally lost trip. I mean, what what is the frustration level like traveling to Thailand and not being able to bowl? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, I think under normal circumstances, it would have been really miserable. Uh, But coming off winning the flow bowling event, I think made it a little bit easier. Uh, You know, if if I would have lost, if I would have not qualified for that event at all, uh, you know, and not had like a good summer and then went to go you know, try to, you know, bowl decent in that event and hurt myself on the way to the event that way, it would have been a lot different. But, you know, it, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't fun, I tell you that. I mean, I just sat in my room and binge watch TV shows for a week and stared at the ceiling with jet lag. And it was, uh, yeah, it was it wasn't the greatest wasn't the greatest week of my life, that's for sure. Bill, well, let me give you, yeah, it's terrible. Let, let me let me jump in here real quick, man. I, I pulled my back out about eight months ago, picking up a sock from my floor. I dropped it doing laundry. Literally, that's all it takes. I, no, I'm not even kidding. And let me tell you, and, and I can vouch for this, when your back is spasming, it by far is one of the worst pains that I've ever felt in my whole life. Like you, your whole back locks up and you literally feel like you cannot move and you have to lay down. I couldn't imagine the pain that Bill, you were feeling sitting upright in a plane for like whatever the travel time was to go to Thailand. Like, I don't know. How yeah. You- like, look, it, my, mine wasn't, it, it definitely doesn't sound as bad as what you had, uh, but it, it wasn't comfortable either. Um, did this turn into like the AARP podcast? Like, what are we doing here? What I'm thinking. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, I'm totally out of shape. Like, I haven't been in a gym in who knows how long. You guys work out. Bill's a professional athlete. So he does really. And, like, honestly, I go out. I, I do all my yard work. I, I chop down <laughs> trees. I, I, I'm, like, carrying heavy equipment everywhere, left and right. I go bowl on Tuesday nights. Bowl. And, like, honestly, I, this stuff never really happens to me. So I don't know. Did, 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 can I can I can I respond to that? But at least it's going to be slightly oh mean. Oh God! Please, please go ahead. Yeah, you're you're too big to bend over uh, with your back, so you have to bend over with your knees, so you can't actually hurt it that way. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Oh my goodness! Oh, uh, we got Bill on every week. I swear. So talk, talk, come on. We we have to talk bowling though. So tell us about your uh, your win at the ATX. I mean, obviously, me and Rob watched it. You know, it, to us, from our perspective, it seemed like you had an amazing look, matched up perfectly, and you really didn't have much trouble running through the field. Agree or disagree there? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, once I got once I beat Anthony, uh, yeah, it certainly felt that way. I mean, just for a little bit of a uh, backstory, um, you know, I I gagged it off at the uh, Elite Series event to let Anthony on that show 
to, to for him to win. I just needed a spare on the house shot to to beat him, and I split. So you know, getting matched up against him, the first match there was you know the next thing that I bowled. So uh, you know, it was pretty. You know, it's it's a you know for as much as you have experience doing those things mentally, that's a that's a pretty big thing uh, to try to to try to get over. So for me to you know beat him and 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 strike out in the ninth and tenth to to shut him out was like a huge confidence boost for me. And then just knowing that I I had a pretty good look and uh you know when I bowled Kyle he 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 started off pretty slow and threw a couple bad shots and split and then it kind of gave me. Uh, you know, an, an easier easier road there because I knew I had a, a pretty good look. And then, um, yeah, I, I uh, bowled Jason, and then I had uh, I w- yeah I contemplated changing balls because I had another uh, another ball that was rolled pretty good, but it was a lot more angular, so I had to move a little bit left. And uh, you know, after I after I five seven in the middle of the first game, I thought about switching, but um, yeah, just I stuck with the the same ball and just. It didn't seem to like look that pretty going through the pins, but it just kept knocking them over, so I didn't until uh, it changed. Yeah, it looked really good for sure. Uh, so, congrats on the win, but my dude, an, another event where you know you have a shot at the title or you win the title, and it's not actually a title. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't have any problems with that event not being, a, <laughs> not being a title. Uh, you know the, the the playoff thing. Obviously, I have a different opinion on, uh, even though I didn't win it. Um, but yeah, that that event, I don't, it's not, I don't think it was, you know, would be worthy of being entitled. But um, yeah, it's still cool to win anything, you know, especially when, you know, when the when the pay is pretty good. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I don't know, man. I I tend to disagree with you there. I think that titles have been given out for events that are much less, you know, you, you had to bowl well in a series of events to earn the right to even go to that event. So, um, yeah, I mean, if that standard is lower, uh, in previous things that have titles have been handed out for, then, you know, what, why not make it a title, but you know, whatever but it is, what it do is. You wanna, do you, do you want to hear my, my opinion on how we make this, this conversation, uh, not worthy of even having anymore. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So the only reason why we even have these conversations is because of the Hall of Fame, right? Like, that's the only reason why people care about, you know, amassing titles and, you know, what is and what isn't and the accumulation of it all. So, like, I think everything should be able to stand on its own. Like, uh, you know, you have, like, when when I say one for my resume, when I get done, you know, on it is uh, seven titles, Three doubles titles, a major, a floor bowling, uh, you know, uh, ATX, whatever, whatever those things are, they just go on the resume as is, and they just become a vote. Like you're, we, we get rid of the the qualification process to be in the Hall of Fame, and you just have a subjective vote, like every other sport, so that we stop trying, so we stop arguing about what is and, and what isn't, and then just the events they can stand alone as they are instead of just it being this constant arguing about, you know, what the title and what the major and all of these things, like, you know, the, 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 to win the, like for Prather to win the playoff and for that not to count as anything is kind of crazy. But if you have a, just a subjective vote when his career is, you know, at that point, it can just be on his resume as 
you know, the first person to win the PBA playoff for $100,000. And that should, you know, that should, it should mean something. It shouldn't be, you know, just wiped away from, from history there. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think that you definitely have to, especially for that example, particularly, you know, you'd have to make sure that the dollar value is noted there too, because as we've discussed in a previous interview with numerous people, not just you, but you know, the, the dollar value does have meaning there too. So, you know, you got, you guys are out there bowling for money. Some, sometimes that gets lost in the conversation as well. Uh, yeah, sure. Bill, is this your best season ever? I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I think if, you know, when you take everything to a, you know, into account and, uh, you know, and by that, I mean, you know, the fact that, you know, earlier in my career, I was just kind of on this like linear path of success, you know, where I just kind of started at the ground floor and every year just incrementally got better. And then it, you know, I hit the, the, the top of my career, you know, and then made a bunch of shows and won the US Open. And then, um, you know, then it kind of leveled off and then it went down, you know, and I had to fight back to the point where I am now. And, um, you know, because of that, I think that that's what makes this feel the most special of all the, you know, of all the years I've, I've been on tour and, uh, you know, just being in, in contention for a lot of different things and, you know, making the the show at the playoffs and qualifying for the summer tour top eight and, you know, all those things like just make it definitely my most like well-rounded year and the most consistent, consistently good year I've had in a long time. Yeah, no doubt. I think, uh, I think Rob and I both agree with that. So uh, Bill, we've had you on a few times and we've had this plan for a little bit. We've always run out of time and not been able to get to it, but I made sure that, we were going to carve out the time to get to it tonight. So uh, those of you that don't know already, uh, Bill and I are huge fans of the show, the wire. We both watched the series numerous times. Uh, we both believe it's one of the best TV shows ever created. Uh, if you're not a fan of the wire, you may want to fast forward through the next few minutes of this podcast. I'm sure Rob will, will mark it in the timestamp that we put out there uh, of where it begins and ends. But uh, we wanted nah, to have a little wire, a little wire discussion on this show. And uh, basically, what we're going to do is we're going to take uh, five characters from the wire, five of our favorite characters. Is that fair to say, Bill? Yeah. Okay. And we are going to g- give a little bit of information about the role of that character in the show, and then we're we're going to make uh, a comparison between that character and a PBA player basically who who represents that character in the PBA. Okay. So uh I will Wait, I will start on. the list. Go ahead. Mike, go ahead. Jump in real quick. Um <clears throat> it's not you're not gonna spoil anything for me because I've only watched the first season. So like you're not gonna throw any kind of crazy spoilers at me, right? Spoilers? The show ended like fifteen years ago. <laughs> I know yeah, but I mean, are Yo, you spoiling matches ending for you? Yeah, but first season, nobody ever talks about the show anymore, so no one's gonna spoil oh, this show. I, mean, yeah, I, I do feel like I do feel like the uh, the, the the Venn diagram of Sweep the Rack listeners and Wire fans uh, might be a little small there in the middle, but uh, I hope there's people that understand what we're talking about because it is a great show, and if not, people I think need to go go back in the archives and check it out. Listen, if you really seriously, if you haven't watched that show, pause the podcast, go binge watch the. <laughs> Wire five, four, four seasons, five seasons of the Wire. It's got five, back, yeah, five, five seasons. Back up, and I'm telling you, you will be, you will be all the better person for it. Just check it out. All right, so 
let's get into our wire conversation here. And I, honestly, I don't care. I don't care about the Venn diagram. This is our podcast. We're, we're, <laughs> right. we're going to take them directly we want. So I say we're going to talk about the wire. We're going to talk about the wire. Uh, our first character from the wire that we're going to analyze here is, uh, is Barksdale. Okay. If you're not a fan of the wire and you're sticking with us here, Barksdale is like the kingpin. He, he, he is the guy who runs things. Uh, he's in charge of the neighborhood, but he's the old kingpin. You know, there, there is a new kingpin who comes into the scene in the show a few seasons in, but Barksdale is definitely ma- the man from the beginning of the show up to a certain point. So, uh, Bill, I'll let you go first in these. Who, who do you assign the uh, Barksdale role to in the PBA? Yeah, so uh, I think you, you had a pretty good description there. And, and uh, uh, you know, he's, he's the OG. You know, he's the guy who started it all. And so for yeah. that for that reason, I I uh, I, I assigned him. Uh, I said Walter Ray was was the uh, was the Avon of uh, of the PBA. You know the guy, he's you know he's the he's the, the greatest, arguably the greatest. And uh, uh, you know, but if you if you watch the show, there gets to a point where you know time comes for everybody. And I thought he was a uh, you know that's that's a perfect uh, summation of, of Walter Ray. I think. That's oh, pretty man, good. Spoiled it, man. What's Barksdale gets it? Come on, man. <laughs> so I didn't say he died. No, yeah, he got no, it. Didn't say that at all. <laughs> There's there is a a scene in uh, the wire where you know Barksdale is now in in prison, and the the new the new uh, kingpin has taken over, and he comes to see Barksdale in prison because he wants him to broker a meeting between him and the, and the, and the, the Greek, the connect. So he comes into prison and he sits down at Barks. He, he's supposed to meet one of the Greeks at the prison, but out walks Barksdale and he doesn't expect to see him. Barksdale sits down and basically tells him, you know, if you want to talk to anybody in here, you know, you're going to have to do a, B and C, you know, and involve payments and payoffs to him and his sister. And yeah, it was just a great way to describe him. Like even when he was down on his luck, he was still, he was still running things. And, uh, yeah, I kind of went in the same direction. I would have to say Pete Weber for the Barksdale role. You know, no no, okay. no offense yeah. to Walter Ray, but Walter Ray's a little too soft for me to assign that Barksdale role to. You know, we're talking about somebody who had to call the shots and uh, take people out once in a while. So, you know, I think I think Pete has more of that, that attitude. Okay. But, okay. That's fair. Moving forward. Uh we have Barksdale's right-hand man. If you're not familiar with The Wire, it went by the name Stringer Bell uh, String, and he was basically Barksdale's guy. You know, did, did all his his moves for him, helped him run his, his businesses, his legitimate businesses, his illegitimate businesses. But at the same time, he always wanted to get away from the streets. He didn't really want to be there. He, he wanted to take what they were doing in the streets and turn it into something legit. Uh, so that created a huge fracture between him and, and, and Barksdale. So, Bill, uh, who do you assign the role of Stringer Bell from the PBA? Uh, yeah, that was a great, uh, a great uh, introduction of, uh, of Stringer. And uh, unfortunately, I did the wrong character, and I forgot to do, uh, I forgot to do Stringer. So you're gonna have to take this one. I, I did Marlo instead, by accident. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, okay. Okay. So uh, I, I am actually going to say that you are the stringer bell of the PBA tour. Oh, wow. See, see, maybe that's why, maybe that's why I didn't do it. Cause I couldn't think of anybody besides myself. You're going to have to expl- <laughs> All right, explain this. 
you know, yeah, just so, so I associate this with you being uh, Belmo's doubles partner, you know, because <laughs> while, while in, the, in the last analogy, we kind of looked at Barksdale as the OG and, and, and that's an appropriate analogy for sure. You know, if, if you apply the analogy to the, 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 the person running things right now, you could easily argue that Belmo may be the Barksdale of the tour. And, you know, if that's the case and he is running things right now, you know, we all know that, that you're his right-hand man. And if there's a doubles tournament anywhere in the world for any significance, you guys are going to bowl it together and likely make the show. So that's why I give that comparison. All right, on to the next category. Right, well, hold on, hold on. That, uh, also, ahead, at, at, at one point in the, in the show, uh, Stringer got a little too big for his britches and, it, you know, got clipped. So, oh, he killed with those spoilers. He does. Well, let that, let so that what, be a lesson for you, son. Yeah, all right, I got it. It's, it's more, it's not, I, you know, I didn't do anything yet, but you're saying, like, you know, don't get out of line. Right, yeah. Just continue right, to make you. sure that Elmo's taken care of, make sure those rooms are booked, <laughs> make sure the rental right. cars are in order and all that, you know what I'm saying? Right, and, uh, yeah, you know, you're, 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 you're pretty much good. Like, like I said, doubles tournament anywhere in the world, book you for the finals. All right, next character uh, is going to be Dete- Detective McNulty. All right, so McNulty uh, – is like the the talented but soured reject of the police department. So he he's great at what he does. He's amazing at what he does, but he pisses everybody off around him, and they really don't want him around so much so that in one season they send him to be on the boat squad so he just doesn't have to be around anybody. <laughs> and he has serious issues, personal issues, et cetera. So, all right, Bill, uh, who do you assign to the McNulty role? <laughs> well, I... I have what I feel is the, is the right guy, but you've explained it so well that uh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to assign this person just because, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. But I think, I, I think, you, well, it's Pete. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Okay. I mean, with McNulty, at the, at the, at the root of it all, McNulty is incredible at his job. He's like the best, right? He is. Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, and that's why, yes, despite his flaws, he he was the best cop that they had. Even oh, though God, you know, like terrible. people may not have liked him, he was the best. There's there's levels to that comparison that people won't even get that we would have to talk about off the air. But oh, the great great comparison. All right, here here's who I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with Dick Allen as the McNulty. Uh, just, just because, like, personality-wise, if and this is just me talking as a fan, but personality-wise, it seems like if there's anybody who's like an outcast out there who's really good at what they do, he's one of the best in the world at what he does. You know, he makes the show, he usually wins. But if, but if, if there's anybody out there who seems to be the guy who's great at what he does, but, like, if you're bowling a team tournament, you're kind of like, ah, do we really want to bowl with that guy? Like, do we really want all – like, everything that's coming along with him, we're going to bowl with him. So that's, that's who I would assign that role because that's kind of how I view yeah, the – Yeah, I uh, guess. I mean, I think, I think, you know, I think Dick's a little bit uh, more misunderstood than I think a lot of a – lot so that might put him in that, in that category. But, yeah, I get your point. Okay. No, fair enough. Yeah, and I, that, you know, I'm also speaking from a fan's perspective, not an insider's perspective here, to be clear. All right, next sure. character, 
this was this was uh, one that was uh, you know a special request by both of us basically a little bit of an odd character here but we had to go with this one uh, brother Mazone very in short brother Mazone is a hired gun when you need somebody whacked and you need it done the right way with no mistakes made you bring in brother Mazone so who you got yeah so this is he's one of my favorite. In. I mean, how many episodes was he in total? I you mean, know, only a hand ton. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but like, but he was he was such a great character, uh, and I I give him a norm uh, mm. because he's he's little uh, and he's unassuming, and this guy this guy would you know he he walked around he walked around the hood with a bow tie, and so like. You know, and it's like so he, nobody would have any idea that this guy was who he was, and that feels like Norm to me. Like when you see Norm, like if you just didn't know him, you'd be like, ah, you're this little guy. And on the lanes, Norm's a killer. So that's why that 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 was the comparison I came up with. Oh, that's so good. I don't. That's so good. I don't even know if I could give mine. My my mine mine is not going to uh is not gonna live up to that. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that one. That that was too good. That was too good. No, it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Because you're right. Like if I saw Norm Duke in a bowling alley and I didn't know who who Norm Duke was and he wanted to bowl me for a hundred a game, I'd be like, Let's go, let's get a pair. And he would just wax your ass. Like crazy. So per- perfect, really. All right, last one here. Uh my favorite character from The Wire, uh, Omar. So I know Omar. Omar. I want to okay. be in there. All right, all right. You you jumping in here, Rob? Yeah, I like Omar. I watched the first season, so I know a lot. All right. So Omar. Omar is basically uh, a neighborhood robber, where he he doesn't really sell drugs in in the neighborhood. He just robs all the people that sell drugs, but he's very respected. When people see Omar coming, they basically don't even fight with him. They just give the drugs up right away they don't they have nothing to say about it he's also a very confused character in numerous ways if you've seen the show you probably know what i'm referring to there so uh all right get rob you want to go first here no i gotta this is i that's uh no let bill go i i got all right go ahead bill who who do you got for omar uh kyle troop (laughs) Mm, explain that only because yeah so because like when Omar would would come through, and you know, like you would have to assume the backstory is he like came through. He's walking through, he's walking through the projects in a trench coat. You know, he's like, you know, just some d- dude. You know, I don't know. He just looks goofy coming through. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you know, he did everything his way. He did it exactly the way he wanted to do it. Uh, didn't take nothing from nobody, and that feels like Kyle to me. Okay. I got Tommy Jones as Omar because he's <laughs> got that swag. He, he's, he's got that swag where, like, he, he doesn't care. He doesn't care who he's bowling. He doesn't care who it is. He's, he's, he's just going to eat you up. That's what's going to happen. And I kind of feel like other bowlers sense that around him, too. Where like I you know I can picture people being like oh Tommy Jones is coming Tommy Jones is bowling good oh man like here we go uh, and that's, that's, not the way they... that's not bad back in the day for sure like when he was when he oh, was yeah. doing his thing you know for those handful of years yeah definitely okay yeah I think I think okay. you just disrespected the shit out of him with that but I didn't say that you did but uh, I would what? still think that way about him sometimes 
you know, he's, he still makes some runs today. I mean, he's, he still finds himself in the mix every, uh, you know, I would say more than every so often. Yeah, well, I'm speaking more to his, like, dominant era. Okay, all right, all right. So you're saying when it yeah, was like, just like, okay, all right. Uh, Rob, what do yeah, you, you got? You couldn't beat him in the best of seven. What's that? <laughs> True, yeah. That, you're right. You couldn't beat him on TV either. Couldn't beat right. him on TV for a minute either. So, yeah, like definitely I, I, I thought an apt comparison there to Omar. Uh, Rob, what do you got for us? Um, Rob, <clears> over there Google and Omar comparison yeah. to PBA. Probably not going to find any results, Rob. Yeah, yeah, no, I was on Google trying to check it out. And at, at first I, I was going to go one route, but you know what? I, I'm going to go ahead and say Brian Voss. Just because Brian Voss back in the day, man, was, was super feared by, by everybody, especially on TV. The guy was just a stone cold killer on TV and uh, he was pretty intense too. So I'm going to go ahead and say, say Brian Voss. I don't know if that's a, a terrible comparison or not, but. I, I, I think you, you probably have no idea what you're talking about, but it's not as bad a comparison as you, as you might think because Brian Voss was also very flamboyant. Yes. I mean, he, his like strutting out the strikes and his, his long stride right. sliding right. around. And listen, Omar used to come outside in his bathrobe to rob people. So, you know, I can I can kind of see see the comparison there somewhat. So, if if you haven't seen if you haven't seen The Wire, you have to watch it strictly for Omar because like it's it's kind of like people at this point are now like, you know, they don't talk about Omar in the in the characters of The Wire cuz it becomes cliché, but he's pro- he might be the like the greatest character in television history. Like when you think about everything that was that like he was and like what it all meant like he it, it was brilliant the way that it was written uh and he the uh, actor was great that played him it was all, I mean it was like incredible all right so we'll end our wire discussion there if you haven't seen the wire check it out it has our stamp of approval uh and we will come up with our next show that we will do some PBA comparisons on but Bill, before we get you out of here, uh, plugs, homie. We know you, Hammer, obviously, like Hammer for always. So uh, we know you're with them. But who else you got out there supporting your career, man? Yeah, man, Vice Inserts and, uh, you know, KR Strike Force. You know, they're always behind me. Same, uh, you know, I, I don't uh, I don't jump around too much with, with uh, you know, with, with sponsors. They're all great people, and they, and they treat me, you know, really well. And uh, you know what? Let's uh, uh, shout out uh, – uh, Bolero for for uh, buying the PBA. I, I've listened to a couple of your uh, your uh, skeptical podcasts uh, in in the past. Uh, so I'm going to shout out shout out Bolero and uh, you know not n- be on the other side of the uh, argument from from you guys. Thanks, Bolero. Mm. Mike, let, let me let me say something real quick here. If you guys don't follow Bill on Twitter, Bill underscore O'Neill. Uh, He's a really, really good follow. Honestly, Bill, you're really good on Twitter. Uh, and uh, not so much Facebook, but Twitter. You always you always have some wise-ass shit to say on Twitter. Yeah, because so. I hate Facebook. But go ahead. Yeah, no, if, if you guys out there want to follow Bill, man, follow Bill on his Twitter, dude. He's great. He's the only unverified pro on the PBA out there right now because he's too lazy. That's to not true. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, people out there need to follow Bill. He's really good in it. Hey. Throw me a follow too if you want, you know. But Bill's definitely <laughs> a lot better of a follow than I am. <laughs> one, one, one last, real quick, real quick. I need a thought on this. Bill Ben Simmons made a three dog. <laughs> I know, I know. It shut down. It shut down Sixers Twitter. 
it, it means nothing. Uh, but yeah, it was exciting to watch it get to the to hoop. Okay. All right. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. I, I deleted a tweet about it because I didn't want to get blocked again. So I ain't going to say not. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, listen, the, 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 uh, everything about it is, uh, insane. Okay. Like it's insane that, that like the reaction is what it is because the guy made a three. Uh, yeah, it is. It I is over the top. An, I, can, I, I can make an open NBA three. All right. Let's not get, uh, crazy. Yo, here. Bill Kimball, man. Yo, don't, don't, don't let the hype fool you. Bill Kimball. No comment. All right, homie. And we I'll appreciate take it making pancakes. <laughs> we appreciate the time as always. Uh, congrats <laughs> on the win. Uh, good luck at the U.S. Open, and uh, and yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk to you, man. All right, appreciate it, fellas. All right, later. All right. Later. All right, always a good time with our boy Rob. Dude, Bill's hilarious, man. Like you gotta, and I'm serious about following him on Twitter. If you don't, uh, he's super good on Twitter. Like he really has some some funny shit to say, and he's not boring by any means. So, uh, you know, I I think you guys should do that. But as for Bill's year, like talking a little bit of serious bowling, man, great year he's having. Probably the best year of his career. Uh, and uh, I mean, he's in his prime. Uh, well. You know, starting to get a little bit older now, but yo, to think, Mike, like he's gonna be like fifty in like twelve years, so he's he's getting close to that PBA fifty. Uh, you think uh, they're they're a little bit scared right now on the fifty tour? <laughs> nah, I think he's got a while to go. I think that every single guy who's out there right now will not be out there by the time he gets out there. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, and yeah, I mean, no, I just kind of. Yeah, I kind of I kind of feel like as probably his biggest fan who's not a family member of his. Um I think I'll just look at this season as like the season that could have been the player of the year season. You know, a couple if a couple right. different things go his way that didn't go right. his way and a lot of things, let's be clear, a lot of things did go his way this year. But if there were a few more things that went his way that didn't, um yeah, I definitely think that it could be a, a player of the year caliber type year. So, um, yeah, shout to him, man. Big things going down. You know, the pool, the pool is going to be popping. The pool is nope. going to be popping this summer. I can tell you that. So, uh, you know, like I said, third weekend in July, and uh, we're working on Meek Mill. So, uh, yeah. Rob, we're we're going to keep it moving for the people here. We have a new skit to introduce for the people, oh, Rob. This is going to be this. Might be probably my favorite skit of all time if this thing works because I'm just one of my friends. uh, Yeah, what's funny about this is like you got this through a conversation with some people that you were taking a trip with and listening to the podcast. And when you called me to tell me about it, I was like, yo, that's crazy because I had just had the same thought. And, you know, this was like the first conversation we had had. And I was like, yo, we need to do that right away. So, we nope. hope the people uh, are going to enjoy it tonight, Rob. We're we're going to call this skit uh, "Regular People Watching Bowling." Okay, <laughs> I so love it. Here's how it works. Shout out to Wingblatt, by the way, my boy. Shout out to Wingblatt giving me this okay. idea. We uh, we pick somebody from our lives who's just a regular person who doesn't really bowl, isn't really into bowling, and we sent them a YouTube link to a bowling match 
selected by us. Uh, you know, the significance of the match is, is kind of irrelevant in this case. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we sent them the match. We asked them to watch the match and come up with five observations for us. So we're going to call the person right now. We're going to bring them on. Uh, it's a friend of mine. His name is Bob. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, a friend of mine from, for years went to high school uh, together. We're friends in high school and uh, we're going to bring him on and we're going to hear his five observations. But before we do the match that he was watching was the 2017 Roth Holman doubles championship match between Kyle Troop and Jesper Svensson and Marshall Kent and EJ Tackett. So if you guys want to go watch that before he comes on and gives his observations, or if you just want to recall the, that general uh, show, that's the show that he's going to be referring to when he comes on. So, uh, Rob, you ready to go and do our first skit here for regular people watch bowling? Yeah, I'm ready. And just a real throw this quick out there. This is completely his five observations. We had absolutely no context in what he's going to say. We don't have a clue on what this guy is going to come on and say, but we asked him to give us his true non-bowling observations on the show. So this has this was not WWE scripted by any means. So anything, just anything to throw it out there. Right. All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right, so Rob, we welcome on our first regular person who watches bowling. Uh, it's one of my homies from back in the day, as I said. Uh, Bob, Bob, welcome to Sweep the Rack Podcast, my dude. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. So uh, we sent you a PBA show earlier in the week. It was the 2017 Roth Holman Doubles Championship match between Kyle Troop and Jesper Svensson and Marshall Kent and EJ Tackett. And uh, we sent you that, asked you to watch it, and to come up with some observations for us. So, uh, Bob, we will give you the floor. What is the first thing, observation you have for us for after watching that match? So, I guess the first one I would throw out there is, and, and to be honest, I don't even know whether this is true, but um, I thought they did a, a good job of making what I believe is a small crowd uh, look and sound like a, a fairly big crowd, um, you know, and the crowd was pretty rowdy, which I think probably uh, increased the energy of the players, which was pretty cool. So I don't know, you okay. guys can tell me. Like, I don't know what the crowd size is, but just guessing that, like, it being a, you know, like a two-lane bowling alley or, you know, the two-lane setup, that it's probably pretty small. Rob, you want to comment? Yeah, it definitely uh, is a small-type crowd. Uh, it's probably, I would guess, I'd say 100 people max in that place. I would imagine that would probably be my guess on that. But uh, did you like the fact that the crowd was rowdy, Bob? Was that something that you want to see more of, like people drinking beer in the crowd and, you know, just kind of getting a little bit wild? Yeah, I mean, definitely. And, I, I mean, for me, I want full – full-on bowler mode, like, you know, stereotypical <laughs> bowling, you know, apparel and, you know, double-fisting beers, like, all of that. You know, some cigarettes maybe, you know, everything. So, I mean, as, like, a non-bowler, I just want, like, those stereotypes fulfilled. You know, he, so you want Roy Munson and Ern McCoy yes. coming out and bowling. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. So, what's your what's your second observation, again? All right, and and I I meant to say this before we started too. Like, I'm not going to like what my guess would be. Other people would like the the obvious observations. Just so you know. Yeah. Um, no, that's fine. Right, so, we we explain to people that we told you to go in any direction you wanted with it. You you had no input okay. from us in terms of yeah. what you were supposed to observe. So you're Absolutely. going in any direction you want. Yeah. Okay. So this is my next one is something that's not necessarily specific to this match or whatever you guys call it. Um, but like bowling in general on TV and, and really just bowling in general is like, does the scoring have to be this complicated? Like why do I, why can't as like a non bowler, why can't I know like, whether like how much like I know they show like oh this guy you know this team is up by forty three or you know down by ten but like why can't I calculate the score on my own like and know all right if this next guy bowls a strike you know he's like you know back within two like any other sport you see on TV not saying bowling is necessarily a sport but you know you guys would disagree with that but yeah so like just just the scoring and that's more of like a general bowling thing as opposed to this match, but you know, just a, a thought observation there. Mm, no, I think honestly, I think that's a really fair point. I, and, and there are conversations within the bowling community about whether uh, the scoring system is something that needs to be changed for the, for the better of the sport. And there actually have been some uh, experiments with different uh, scoring systems, but Rob, I think you would agree that most of the, most of those non-traditional scoring systems kind of kind of get uh, a thumbs down from most people in the bowling community. No, oh, I think if they've decided to change the the bowling scoring, I feel like the bowling traditionalists would throw themselves out a window. I mean, they they barely can take two-handed bowling, let alone a, cha- a scoring change. So, <laughs> I feel like that would just there'd be a lot of people in, in the streets protesting. It would be a crazy protest. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I guess that would prop that would be the case, but like just for like the bowler, like the layman bowler, just someone who doesn't like. If you're trying to attract more people, I would think it would probably help. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair point. I hope people are listening. All right. Ne- next observation, Bob. Uh, okay. Just a random one here is I noticed the one guy as he was bowling, he stopped like as he was about to throw because someone made a noise or they were making noise and then stopped making noise. I thought that was kind of funny and interesting. <laughs> no, man, hopefully he doesn't watch a, a match between Chris Barnes and Sean Rash. He'd be just oh, stopping all yeah, over that, the place. That actually happens pretty frequently, Bob, uh, where, you know, either it'll go from noise to no noise or no noise to noise. And yeah, they'll, they'll kind of stop in the middle of their approach. Uh, and just just kind of hold up. I guess I would uh, I would equate it to like a golfer kind of stepping off the shot because he hears something in the crowd, go going through yeah. his pre-shot routine again. Um, so yeah, definitely more of a mental thing there. All right, next observation. Okay, the next one I had was um, the prize. Really, at the end is a, a vase. Like I mean, bowling is not going to. I mean, we'll probably all agree. It's not going to, like, beat out 
baseball, football, like the main sports. But like, so why not have the best trophies or the best prizes at the end? Like a, a glass vase is pretty weak. So just, again, a minor one, but just something I thought was funny. I, I, I love your approach of find something to be the best at. Yes. I, I feel again, it could, it could be a, a it could be a guy with like a a bowling ball in one hand, a cig hanging out of his mouth, and a beer in the other hand, <laughs> like that. Make it funny, make it cool. It, it, I, I just think that would be awesome. Uh, what What do you think about belts? There's been some talk about championship belts in pro bowling. Um, what do you think about that? Don't love it. Nah, it's okay. a wrestling thing. I think leave that in wrestling with the fake fakeness. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Continue on. Okay. I th- I think that was, was that four or was that I have one left. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah whatever. However okay. many you want. You you as many all as you right. got. You keep it rolling. These are so good. You just want me to keep going. All right. Yeah. Um, you, so as, long, as many as you want to give us. Okay. Um, so the biggest one for me is that the ending is just anticlimactic. Um, you know, it was clearly over before the 10th frame. So why finish it? I mean, if it's over and the other team cannot win, like end it there and, and let the winning team celebrate and, uh, you know, not go through, you know, the motions of just rolling another couple balls down the lane. So to me, that's like a huge, let down as a viewer. Mm, and again, that's right. probably like anti-traditionalist thing, but you know, to me, it's just, that would be a, a huge difference maker. What do you think about that idea, Rob? I like that one. As soon as the myth, as soon as it's mathematically over, let the, let, let the people celebrate, let them fucking yeah. party a little bit, right? Like, well, let them jump in the crowd, pour beer on them. With a cig, right? That's what you're talking about, you know. <laughs> do 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 a little interview, maybe, you know. Start the interview. Yeah. Early. Yeah. 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 No, I, I actually like that idea. All right, you got anything else for us? Um. No, I think that does it. I mean, I I do always wonder, and we've talked about this too, Mike. Is just like why there isn't more money in bowling at this level. I mean, it's like recreationally, it's cheap. Anyone can do it you would just think the interest would be a lot higher for those reasons. And then that would bring more money into the sport. But, um, so yeah, that's all I really have. Okay. All right. Well, we, we, we appreciate it. We have one question for you and, and you're, okay. you're the first person who's doing this skit with us on the podcast, a new skit we're doing, but we're, we're probably going to continue this skit going forward and try and get more people, more regular people to watch bowling and give us some thoughts. But, uh, what would it take for you to become a regular watcher of professional bowling? Hmm. Good question. I mean, you, you know, you, you highlighted the score, so I would imagine that would be a big part of it. Like being yeah, able the to scoring score. would help me just to understand. Kind of, and and there, the commentators were pretty good at letting you know where the match stood and the scoring, so – but it's just something like if you're getting into something, you want to fully understand it. And um, so I, I guess that, that would help. And then I, um, 
just the what I mentioned about ending it when it's over. Would I mean every other sport? I guess that's not true. Like there's you know time sports yeah, end when they end. Right. The ter- um, but yeah, like yeah, like you think about hockey and like a shootout or you know something uh, over overtime in any sport. Like when it's over, it's it's just more exciting when it ends with a play or a shot or something that that ended the game itself and not just a clock expiring. So those two things I would say um, are the, would be the number two thing. Maybe also some like, um, some like attractive women being incorporated somehow. <laughs> well, Bob, let me ask you something real quick. And, and this is just yeah. a, a off the hip question. What did you think of the uh, personalities of the bowlers? I mean, were they likable? Were they not likable? Like, were you like, oh, these guys suck, they're boring? Like, what do you what do you think of the personalities of the guys? I mean, the troop guy seemed to have personality. I would say the other three didn't really, um, you know, I didn't see a lot out of them. Mm, okay. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I tried my best not to say Afro during this call, <laughs> but uh <laughs> I mean that stuff. Like, yeah, I mean that's gonna help. I think the the personality, and again, like I've mentioned, the fans' engagement level. I think that kind of they feed off of each other. So I, I definitely think that makes it more interesting. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, Bob, uh, we want to welcome you again to sweep the rack, and uh, perhaps we'll have you back on sometime to to watch another show for us, but. You can, you will go down in the uh, history books of Sweep the Rack podcast as our first guest on uh, regular people watch bowling. So, want to thank you for the time and uh, thank you for helping us out. And yeah, Rob, I hope I hope that some of the people in the bowling world are listening. I think that you know while this skit might be a little bit fun, uh, there might be some some truth set in jest here. Mm. I like the idea about the scoring. I kind of feel like maybe the PBA or the Fox need to just do like maybe a minute tutorial on, on the scoring and how it works. Like just, mm, I just yeah, start educating it, people. Figure that out. Yeah. All right, Bob, take it easy, homie. All right. Make sure I'm credited with any of these changes. If they go into effect too. Okay. Oh yeah. We got you, Absolutely. Bob. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. No All right. See you. Bye. Bob. Bye. Yeah. So the scoring Rob, you know, I mean, listen, it's a fair point. It's an interesting point, you know, from somebody yeah. who doesn't really watch bowling. I mean, he had he had some rather comical things to say there, but I think, you know, above and beyond that, yeah, like the the, the scoring is a, is a fair point. Yeah, I mean, if you don't understand who's winning and who's losing, then why would you want to watch? Like, you don't you, you don't watch. And I, I it is a fair point. I never really even thought about that. But I mean, I'd like to see them at least maybe do a little bit of. I mean, what what do you think, Mike? Thirty second education on like. No, I think on TV. No, I think, that, no, I think that's too complicated. I think they need to find a way to, like, show you what the possible scores are in the future frames, based on the possible outcome. Ah. So, in other words, like they, so they have the scores up right, and those frames are filled in, but then they should have like a lighter shade of text that fills in the rest of the frames and shows you what the score would be if both bowlers throw all strikes. And then as they go forward 
and they miss, they change that frame. Okay, now it's a spare. It shows how it lowers the score. Now here's his max score, right, mm-hmm. if he strikes out. And I think that would be, you know, kind of uh, make it make it easier and be a compromise in terms of not changing the scoring system but also making it easier for people to understand. So, uh, Rob, we hope the people enjoyed that. Regular people watch bowling. Uh, we're going to bring more regular people on and uh, and get their thoughts. Yes, I found that rather interesting there. And, and, and yeah. entertaining. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we started, uh, we did the, uh, we gave him a show from Portland, Maine, just to kind of get an idea. I, I really like to see someone like Bob or somebody else bring back a show from like, you know, 2000s when it was just pretty quiet and just kind of pretty like serious and see what the thought would be on, on that kind of show. Because there is a debate out there about is Portland, Maine, as, you know, good for the PBA and it will bring in new viewers and new sponsors and new people that want to watch bowling. And I feel like just from talking to Bob, uh, he, he loved it. He wanted to see somebody double fisting beer in the crowd, maybe a, a beer funnel. As he, he wanted to see a party. He wanted to see some attractive girls uh, and, you know, a guy in a SIG and a Roy Munson shirt holding up a, you know, rose bowling ball with a prosthetic arm. But in, in all seriousness, though, like, it's still out there. The stereotype though. I mean, in all seriousness though, it, the, the stereotype of bowling being a, a, a blue collar, overweight cigarette beer sport is still there. And you don't even realize it until you talk to somebody who doesn't watch bowling. Am, am, am I wrong? No, no. And I think again, like there's something to be learned from that. Maybe, you know, a little bit more focus on the physical side of the game and the, the physically demanding side of the game. I mean, look, let's be honest, like bowling 80 games in a week is way harder than playing four or five rounds of golf. Yeah. Okay. There's no, there's no question about that. So if golfers are seen as like athletic, I don't really think that there's any reason that bowlers shouldn't be. Um, and you, you got, you got a couple big boys roaming around the golf course too. You know, that's for sure. So, so there's that sure. comparison bowling as well, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll line up our next person there, Robin, uh, and, and keep that rolling for the people. But listen, that's going to wrap the episode up tonight, Rob. It seems like we're, we're, we're always going marathon style one way or the other here, man. So, uh, we're going to wrap it up for the people to keep it moving. Uh, listen, if you're a sponsor out there, if you're in the bowling industry or not in the bowling industry and you come across this podcast, you're listening to us, uh, you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, hit us up. We're the most popular podcast in, in, in the bowling community. That's for sure. We're, uh, we're the, the real bowler source for, for information here. So uh, hit us up, sweep the rack at Gmail. Anybody who wants to reach out to us, we're always willing to uh, take advice about the show. We want to hear what the people want, want, uh, want us to get into. So definitely hit us up on that. Uh, follow us on social media at Sweep the Rack on all platforms. Uh, Rob, you got anything for the people to wrap it up or what? Uh, no, I just feel like one of the crazy thought uh, next skit, uh, skit we do with regular people watching bowling. I like to get a woman's perspective and 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 see what that would be like uh, compared to a guy's perspective. So just kind of that came across my my mind for some reason. So. Maybe we'll look into that in a future uh, podcast. So, yeah, just, uh, you know, be cool, Mike. Uh, I'll talk to you later. I'm going to try to win my fancy football matchup tonight. So I got some Monday Night Football to watch. But, yep, all right, take it easy. All right, sounds good, man. 
You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. 